So you did it again this year. One of the traditions every Christmas season in the United States is you ate too much, right? Right? You ate too much. There was some meal, at least one, that happened during the holidays where you were like, mmm, that's good. And you went back for seconds and thirds, and you just kept going back till you were absolutely stuffed and there was no more room. And don't lie. Like, I see you. I know. I know what you, you know, like, don't pretend like, you know, I'm me. No, it just sort of, it sort of happens every holiday for us. What's interesting about that is we don't have to actually wait for the holidays for that to occur. What's interesting in American culture is pretty much any day you want to stuff yourself silly for 99.9% of us, you can do it. I mean, you just drive down to Walmart or Costco, load up that cart, bring it home, and eat as much as you want. Or how about those all-you-can-eat buffets or Lily's Sushi, if you haven't been there, all-you-can-eat sushi? I mean, Shady Maple, we're like on that. We're there. How many times all of us in our normal daily, everyday lives, all-you-can-eat, meat, eat, 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 eat. That's pretty normal in our culture, but that's not normal in history, and that's not normal in many people's lives today, that today, 815 million people don't have enough food to survive. And we, in our practice, in our holiday, in our experience, we kind of do all-you-can-eat stuff pretty much any time we want. For most of us, that's different for most people. So think of these people, 815 million people. Can you imagine if they showed up here today and were like, hey, you just showed up from Haiti. Let's take a field trip to Costco and we'll show you what we've got. Can you imagine how overwhelming it would be to take someone from Indonesia to Shady Maple All-You-Can-Eat Buffet? What they would be like? They'd be like, what? It, like just crazy. Or better yet, we sort of airlift a food truck into Central Asia and just drop it there and be like, go at it. You can eat as much as you want and we'll keep dropping more food in there. Eat till you're sick. Stuff yourself silly. How crazy would that be? And yet, that's what we kind of see in John chapter 6. Jesus airlifts himself into a group of people that don't have enough to eat. You see, in the ancient world, just like in many places around the globe today, people don't have access to food. And Jesus shows up as the Son of God to give life to people. And in this particular account that we're going to look at today, he feeds people in such a miraculous way, the purpose of which is for them to see that he is the Son of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. Open them up, turn them on, love for you to follow along in your app or download a copy of the Bible, pick one up, love to, to kind of work you through these Bible verses so you can grow and understand. And what Jesus is doing here in John chapter 6 is he's inviting people to come a little bit closer to him and to move beyond just follow me. He really wants his disciples, people like you and me, to do more than just follow. He wants us to believe that he is the Son of God. To believe that he's the son of God. So he's teaching in such a way to open our eyes to that truth. And really what Jesus comes to earth to do is to show us that to see him, to hear him, to love Jesus, to honor him, is to see God, to hear God, to love God, to honor God. That the Father and the Son are one, which means that to bump into Jesus and to have access to Jesus and to trust in Jesus 
is to have access to God, which means all the power of God is available to us. All the goodness of God is available to us as the Son of God, which is really, really cool. So here in John chapter 6, we're jumping in, and hopefully this week, maybe you uh, dialed into Pastor Brad doing real talk, so we're trying to push out more midweek stuff. So this week, Pastor Brad talked about how Jesus is the Son of God. If you didn't see that video, go on our social media, on our website, check that out. We're going to be pushing out some more stuff this week, just midweek teaching to kind of go a little bit deeper into some of the things that we're talking about. And if you don't have a, have, know how to get that, sign up for our email, Instant Access, because we'll deliver that right to your email box. John chapter 6, really interesting. Jesus miraculously feeds thousands of people using his power as God. And anytime Jesus uses his power in the Bible, anytime he uses his power, he's always doing it not to be some kind of wow superhero, but he's doing it so that we would believe that he is the Son of God and that we would trust him with everything that we face in our lives. So he uses his power to put himself on display as the Son of God that we might believe him. Now here in John chapter 6, one more little thing before we jump into the text. Here in John chapter 6, there's two categories of people. There's the crowds of people that are following Jesus and there are disciples disciples. Let me just explain the difference. Crowds of people are the people that have either firsthand experience watching Jesus do something or hearing him say something, or they hear from somebody else, hey, you got to check out this Jesus guy. He's doing some cool things. So the crowds of people are just swarming around Jesus just to see what he's going to do next, which is slightly different than the disciples. When John chapter 6 talks about the disciples, he's specifically referencing the 12 apostles, the ones that are with Jesus, that Jesus has invited him, them to follow him, and Jesus is going to teach them to show them himself in a pretty unique way. Because Jesus with the apostles, he knows that there's going to come a day that Jesus isn't going to be around anymore. He knows that, so he's imparting to them truths. He wants them to see up close and personal who he is, so that when he leaves, they're able to establish the church and move the kingdom of God forward. So these guys, the 12, the apostles, they have front row seats to Jesus' personal life and his public life. They get to see it all. And today, you got the crowds of people and you have the disciples. And with the disciples, Jesus is going to do a pop quiz. Do you like pop quizzes? You know, the teacher comes in and goes, pop quiz. Right? That's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to throw out a pop quiz to see if his 12 disciples believe he is the Son of God. John chapter 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, sometime after Jesus has had these lengthy conversations about how he is the Son of God, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. They, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? 
Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Verse 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Would you pray with me? God, would you take a story that seems too wild, maybe too weird, help us to see and hear, understand and know you more because of it, I pray in Christ's name, amen. So this is the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels in the New Testament. It's a miracle where Jesus feeds 5,000 men, the text says, which means that there are lots more people there, women and children, maybe 14, 15, 18, 20,000 people show up, and it's just like dropping a food cart in the middle of Southeast Asia. How is this going to happen? How are you going to feed all of these people? How does that work? How did it go about? Why would you do this, Jesus? A bunch of hungry people are coming around you, and you're going to feed them. Why would you do it? What's the point? Let's unpack this together. So Jesus' big idea, his big purpose, the only reason he came to earth is so that we might believe he is the Son of God, and that through him we have access to God the Father, that he came to save the world, not condemn the world, and he's come and caused quite a stir, so crowds are coming around him. There's a lot of buzz to see what he's going to do next, and you have this crowd. And the text says it's around Passover time. Now, Passover is this Jewish feast, this festival where they celebrate how God has been so good to them. So the people are festive, they're joyful. And instead of preaching to them, look what Jesus does in verse 5. He says he looked up and he saw this great crowd, 15,000, 20,000 people coming towards him. And he turns to Philip, one of his disciples. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus decides. The crowds are coming. Pop quiz. Here we go, class. And he picks out Phil. And he says, hey, Phil, look at all these people. Where are we going to find bread to feed all these people? And he asks Philip particularly because Philip was from that region. And Philip would know where the closest Walmart is. So Philip would be like, hey, you go down the left street on Main Street and go to the right and get a couple carts. We'll go down there. We'll bring it back. That's where we can start. But look at what he's, why he does this, verse 6. Why does Jesus do this to Philip? He asked him this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. He gives this pass-fail pop quiz to his students. Philip, it's your turn. Where are we going to get bread? Now, what has the class the disciples already learned up to this point that he is going to test? They've already seen Jesus do miracles They watched Jesus turn water into wine. They watched Jesus heal people. They heard Jesus speak and say that he is the Son of God, connected to God Almighty. So let me ask you, Phil, where do we buy some bread? Verse 7, Philip says, It would take more than a half of year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Jersey Joe interpretation Jesus, what are you smoking? Like, there's all these people, there's no way, not all the salary in the world could, and there's no Walmart, there's no Costco, there's no Shady Maple Buffet to go and get this food and bring it back. So even if we had the money, where would we get for all these people that are hungry? 
How is it going to play? Does Philip in this moment pass or fail the test? I'm not going to decide. Verse 8, another disciple takes the test. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go, Jesus, among so many? So Andrew's taking the test. Is Jesus the Son of God test too? And he looks at this scene and he goes, okay, I've seen Jesus do some incredible things and I see this little kid in front of me who's got a Happy Meal with a handful of nuggets and some French fries. And so, Jesus, I'm going to take the Happy Meal and I'm going to say to you, I don't know who you are. I don't fully get what you can do yet, but I know that if I hand you this kid's Happy Meal, you probably can do something. So with just a little bit of faith, he gives to Jesus this Happy Meal. And that's where Jesus starts you see, all Jesus needs is just a little bit of faith. He doesn't need his disciples to have tons of faith. He doesn't need his followers to have absolute, concrete, for sure faith. He doesn't need us to have doubtless faith. He just needs a little bit of, you are the Son of God. And watch what he does. He, he tells everybody, okay, everyone, sit down sit down among the grass, and it's kind of neat. It's like, look at all the grass that's here. Jesus is like, sit down, class, on the grass. And he takes that little happy meal from that kid. He does something interesting. The text says, he looks up to heaven and thanks God. Remember, he's saying he's the son of God. And he's showing by doing this that the connection, the intimacy between him and his father, that everything that he is doing and is about to do is divine connection between God and him. And he's demonstrating, and he takes this Happy Meal, and he opens it up, and he starts giving out nuggets and fries. And I don't fully know how it happens. I don't think anybody can explain it. But somehow, some way, because he is the Son of God, he feeds all these people. And remember, these people are not used to having access to food. And it says that they ate all that they wanted. And when they had enough to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, verse 12, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Twelve basketfuls. There's twelve disciples, twelve apostles that Jesus is training in some ways, testing, what you've seen so far, do you believe? Twelve of them. And they go and collect twelve basketfuls of leftovers. And if Jesus is God, and God has all power to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, then I believe, don't necessarily understand, that I believe he can do what he wants. And if he wants to give out nuggets and fries to thousands of people, it's going to happen. What's going on? Why is this occurring? He's claiming to be God, and in this miracle, he's revealing himself. So for the crowds that day, what did they experience? For all the people that were there, that gathered there by that hillside, what did they experience? They got to eat. I don't honestly think they understood and saw what fully took place, but they got to eat that day, didn't they? And I think Jesus did this miracle to show the crowds that God is generous. I think Jesus did this miracle for all the people that didn't see all the ins and outs behind the scenes. All they did is they showed up one day, and there's this guy with a Happy Meal, and they got to eat as much as they wanted to eat. 
Because if you don't have as much food and there's plenty of food, you're stuffing yourself. You're eating as much as you can and maybe stuffing some in your pants, in your pocket. Ziploc bags are coming out. You're loading up the mug nuggets and the fries because you're going to save it for later. And the text says they ate and had enough till they were full. And I love this because it reveals the character of God. Whether people realize it or not, God is generous. Whether they ask for it or they don't, God is generous. Whether people recognize and see the God of the universe, Jesus sees this crowd of people and knows they're hungry and doesn't, doesn't preach to them, doesn't teach to them, it's no bait and switch. He just says, hey guys, let's feed them. And he rolls it out and gives them more than they can eat till they're stuffed because that's how generous God is to our world. But what did the disciples experience that day? These 12, these closer, the ones that were front row and center. I think Jesus did this miracle to show the disciples he is the generous son of God and that God is going to provide. He's a God that provides abundantly. And he's asking his disciples this quiz, this front row seat to the group of people that's seen it all. He's asking them, You've followed me. You've seen so much. Do you believe that I am the Son of God? Because that's the defining truth. Are you the Son of God, Jesus? Yes or no? And Philip does the math, right? So Philip's the first guy that takes the quiz. Philip does the math, and he calculates. And I think this is his formula. Here's Philip's algebra. He goes, okay, here's me. Here's my thoughts, my intellect, my logic, my ideas, my story. Let me add in this problem. How are we going to feed all these people? And I have some doubts about who God is and who this Jesus is. And when you combine all this together into some kind of formula, there's no solution. This can't be. No way. No way to make this happen. Doesn't make sense. And dismisses it. But Philip misses in this calculation the one who asked the question. The one who asks the question is the guy who takes, right in front of Philip's eyes, takes jugs of water, Poland Springs, and makes a fine Merlot, the finest in the region. Philip watched that firsthand. He saw someone who couldn't walk, walk. He saw someone who was sick, healed. He hears over and over that the reason this is happening is because I am the Son of God, Jesus is telling him. But he never adds Jesus into this calculation. And then Andrew takes the test. And I think Andrew uses this kind of calculation. Here's me, here's my story, here's my logic, here's my reason, here's the problem, how do we feed people? I've got doubts, I don't know how this is going to happen, we got this happy meal, but how are you going to feed all these people? But here's the happy meal, and he adds Jesus into that equation, and then there's a solution. He, he factors in the one who is Almighty God. And that's what changes things in this moment. You see, Jesus didn't need Philip or Andrew to feed all these people. He didn't need Philip and Andrew to solve the problem. And so many times we want to solve the problem and we ignore the one who's present who can do all things. And then we wonder why we're stuck with no solution all Jesus wants of any of us is just the slightest bit of faith that the Son of God came to save. 
that loves you. He is slow to anger and abounding in love and full of mercy and compassion. And the God of the universe doesn't want to throw you away for your sin, but wants to come your way in the person of Christ. It doesn't have to be perfect faith. It doesn't have to be doubtless faith. But do we just have enough faith to say, you're the son of God, okay, then here's my problems and mix it all together and would you help me? For the disciples that day, this was a test. You know, the crowds just got to eat. It didn't really matter what they saw or what they experienced. They got to eat. But for the disciples, this was a test. Do you believe I am the son of God? And what I love about this test kind of have Philip and Andrew, different results to the test. Didn't matter how you did on the test. Those disciples got a front row seat to see God's miraculous provision. So they roll into town, and these 12 would have been with Jesus. They tented out the night before somewhere, and they walk up and they roll out in front of this people. There's all these people, and Jesus is like, hey, let's feed them. And Philip's like, no way, we can't. And Andrew's like, happy meal. And Jesus is like, thank God for happy meal. And then starts distributing it, and they get to watch this. The crowds, who knows what they saw, but these 12 got a front row seat to see it. Here, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them. And it keeps going, keeps going. And they all stuff the food into their mouths and into their pocketbooks, into their Ziploc bags, into their purses. They're carrying truckloads home and saving it for later. And, and, and then Jesus is like, don't let anything be wasted. They each grab baskets. They go out into the crowds and they pick up baskets. Imagine these guys seeing this unfold firsthand. It just blow their mind. How did he do this? How does this happen? How could this happen? I wonder if he's the son of God. Why did Jesus do this miracle? To show these 12 that he is the son of God who can abundantly provide. And each one of them had a basket full to look at and go, oh my gosh, if this is who Jesus is, if he's God, what way can he provide for me? Will you believe that Jesus is God? It's really the really most important question you could ever answer or think about. Who is Jesus? So for me personally, you know, I, I have the privilege of being a part of the leadership of this church. And you know, there's a lot of people that come here. Did you know that? And, and I get overwhelmed by the crowds that come. Honestly, my role in this world, a huge part of it, is to look at the crowds of people that come and see past your faces and see past what you wear and see past how you act and see you for who you are. And so many people are coming here and so many people are hurting and so many people are struggling with divorce, struggling with adultery, struggling with addiction, struggling with doubts, struggling with hurts from the past from other churches. Struggle, 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 struggle. And you come, crowds of people, because you want to be fed. And honestly, I'm like Philip. I'm like, I'm out. I can't do this. There's no way to take care of all these people. Some days I'm like Andrew. I'm like, I got a happy meal full of faith. I got a happy meal full of truth. I have a happy meal full of resources, hopefully to impart to some but a lot of times I just get overwhelmed and go, how are you going to do this, God? Because it takes a lot of spiritual resources. It takes a lot of spiritual wisdom. It takes a lot of financial resources to do this each and every week. 
You know what? I get a front row seat to see incredible generosity. So this is just one example. But, you know, there's a lot of people that come to Faith Church. And there were 150 people at Faith Church this past year in 2018 that struggled so much that they got to a point where they needed to ask for help to pay for just basic things around their home and in their lives. And you know, we all know how hard it is for, to ask for help. 150 families or individuals were like, you know what, we, we can't make it one more day. Can someone help? And if any of us had to handle that need, we couldn't do it. I could be overwhelmed and shut down. And yet the people of Faith Church gave $220,000 to these individuals so that they could make it through to the next day, the next week. Incredible generosity. Because when you just take whatever you have and you entrust it to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, He's the one that multiplies and provides it for other people. And you, in 2018, you gave to our staff so that we could have a Christmas gift And we're blessed as families and individuals because of the generosity of Faith Church. Thank you. Whether you give a little bit or a lot, it makes a difference in the lives of people that could so easily overwhelm any one of us, but together, what God can do. You know, for most of us, here's where we'll end. For most of us, we dismiss the feeding of the 5,000, this story. This isn't relevant to us because we've got shady maple and all-you-can-eat buffets. We don't need food. How many in here? Raise your hand if you need food. One. 99.9% of the people in America have everything they need and more. So when you hear a story about the feeding of the 5,000, you just dismiss it and go, yeah, right. But how many of us are starving in other ways? Oh, we got plenty of food. But you are so starving for attention. I see it in your social media. You're starving for someone to love you, so you'll sleep with anything that moves. You're starving for someone so that you're not alone. You're starving for purpose. You're starving for forgiveness. You're starving for something. Oh, it may not be food. And so many times when we're starving, we try to solve it ourselves. Think we can fix it ourselves. But if you never add God, then you will never see his provision. So if you're going to do this on your own, solve it, fix it, change it on your own, then you'll never see his provision because you got this on your own. It's when you get to the point where you realize, I can't do this. I got to add Jesus into my life, into this equation, that's when I begin to see his miraculous provision. But so interesting to me, I do this, you do this. So many of us, whether you're a Christ follower today, a Christian your whole life, or you don't have any faith in Jesus, so many of us, we go to God and we treat him like he's a dog. We treat the God of the universe like a dog. We want him to jump through our hoops to get to do his tricks, and then we'll believe. God, you do this for me. Here's a treat, God. Jump, sit, roll over, and then I'll believe in you as if the God of the universe is anyone's to command or demand. Instead, 
He's kind and gentle and invites us to bring our burdens, our doubts, our struggles, our loneliness, just not being satisfied, our seeking after approval, bring all of that to him. And he's like, I can take care of this. Do you believe I'm the son of God? I will help you. I will supply for you. And here's what's incredible. In God's sovereignty, he chooses to be your abundant provision, to be your supply. It's a direct deposit into your account each day of just what you need. So it's as if every day when we wake up, when I say I believe, there's this direct deposit into your account not a million bucks, not two million or three million or ten million, because he knows if he gave you ten million, you'd stop trusting him. But he directly deposits the exact amount of joy, the exact amount of peace, the exact amount of forgiveness, the exact amount of hope, the exact amount of purpose, everything you need for today. Do you believe he's the Son of God? Because that gains you access into this abundant provision that starts now, direct deposit into your account, guaranteed every day until you see him face to face. That's the Son of God and what he wants to do in you. Let's pray. God, you're incredibly patient with us. We don't deserve your kindness, your patience, your love. None of us are worthy of it. None of us could earn it. We've come empty-handed. And you have all the power and all the wisdom and all the knowledge, all the money and all the healing, all the hope that we desperately need. We have a choice today whether we'll add you into our circumstances or subtract you and ignore you. We have a choice today to believe that Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter, born of a virgin, came into this world to save us, to reconnect us to Almighty God. We have a choice to believe. When we believe, the provision is abundant and full and forever. Just what we need, when we need it. Thank you for being so good to us, loving us, being patient with us. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.